This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. All right, team, welcome back. I know we've been talking a lot about this uh, Russia, FISA, Trump uh, situation, this enormous uh, dust-up, this conflagration, this melee over the Trump administration and all of the... um, (laughs) all of the possibilities here of what may have happened, what, what could have been the case based on everything the Obama administration, well, everything that's been reported about the Obama administration. Let me just take you through a few other aspects of this because I wanted to give you a comprehensive uh, rundown today at noon. And then tonight, by the way, I'm going to pull together all the pieces and we're really, we're really going to rip the guts out of this thing again together tonight. I'm going to be researching this all day, talking to all my sources. I've been speaking to my people in the intelligence community I've actually I've actually gone to the point now where I'm talking to my people. I got to know what's going on. Some of them don't know. Some of them don't want to talk. Some of them are worried. Um, but at least I'm getting some some insight that I think the uh, well certainly the public doesn't have, and that a lot of journalists don't have either about well what's what's real here and what's not, and how concerned is the community? How much of the community is behind these allegations or supportive of the allegations, and others that aren't? And I'm looking into everything here, team. Okay, so let me walk you through a few things. First of all. You got David Axelrod uh, making the suggestion that obviously they had a good reason. If there, w- if there was, I mean, I'm not saying there was. This is the Axelrod point, but if there was a wiretap based on FISA of the uh, of Trump headquarters and and you know Trump Tower here in New York City, there must have been a reason. The reason could be as uh, the reason could be as flimsy in terms of the justification for it as there's somebody. There's a active Russian intelligence officer who is looking to recruit Americans who maybe works at a Russian bank or works at, you know, something that is in contact with the Trump administration. And they got to know what this guy is doing. Right. I mean, we don't know, but it could be way more. You know, it doesn't have to be, oh, the Trump administration is involved in illegal activity. And it also brings me to the question, what's the illegal activity? We keep hearing about Trump and Russia and, oh, what will the what's going to happen when they find out the truth here? What are they going to find out? You know, I got news to the Democrats. If there were a couple of meetings between 
Trump campaign officials and Russian intelligence, where Russian intelligence was like, don't worry, we've got the Hillary, we're going to take care of her campaigns, make it very difficult for her. It's a very hard time. You know, you'll be the next president. And the Trump people were just like, okay, dude, like, good luck with that. Nothing illegal about that. Nothing. Nothing. It may seem unfair to Democrats. It may seem like, oh, well, Trump should have told them not to or something. But we also know that they hacked into, uh, you know, the reality here is that they were looking at um, uh, the Republican side of this as well. I know they didn't end up releasing stuff, but, you know, this notion that Trump was in on this all along and that this was it's just not supported by the evidence. So anyway, so the the Axelrod uh, point of view here, argument here is, well, there must have been something. And I'm telling you, a, a FISA warrant would have, it's just a different purpose. It's for collecting national security information and is not bound by the same legal standard, which is a pretty high standard of probable cause a crime was committed. They didn't get that. Remember, they according to their news reports, they didn't get that. So there wasn't probable cause a crime was committed. So now they're just fishing. And as I said to you, maybe they thought they could get away with this fishing expedition. But now they're telling us, oh, well, there must be, you know, you can't have it both ways. It can't be there was no FISA tap. But if there is a FISA tap, it was clearly justified. No, no, no. We, we get to know more information. We get to know more information than that. So uh, then you've got Valerie. This was fascinating. Valerie Jarrett, who um, retweeted this statement from Kevin Lewis, who's the spokesperson to former President Obama. And Kevin Lewis shared this statement. Quote, a cardinal rule of the Obama administration was that no White House official ever interfered with any independent investigation led by the Department of Justice. As part of that practice, neither President Obama nor any White House official ever ordered surveillance on any U.S. citizen. Any suggestion otherwise is simply false. Uh, Okay, but I'm not saying certainly that Obama or a White House person ordered any surveillance on a U.S. citizen. I'm saying maybe somebody in the DOJ who hates Trump, and we've already seen evidence of that, and wanted to stop Trump from being president or wanted to destroy the Trump presidency, may have taken it upon himself or herself with a small group of others with high-level access to go searching for something to compromise Trump with and didn't find it, and now people know about this, and they're trying to make it seem like everything's fine. And if Obama didn't know about that, well, then he's really derelict in his duty in the sense that he's a commander in chief and people should, and he's, he's ultimately responsible for the executive branch. People say, oh, book, well, is he responsible for what every employee does? Well, no, but this is high level stuff. And he's, he's not going to, I mean, there must be some oversight and accountability. If somebody in DOJ is wiretapping the Republican nominee's building and his headquarters and his personnel, you're going to tell me nobody DOJ knows about this? Well, what's the point of having people working for people at DOJ? I mean, think about that for a second. You got a rogue Department of Justice? That's terrifying. But now think about this. Step back for a moment. See, there's so many layers to this. I've been telling you for years that bureaucracy has been weaponized, and we have proof of that. I mean, the IRS, Lois Lerner, weaponized against the Tea Party in an election year, no less. That happened. That's fact. It's incontrovertible fact. IRS pretty terrifying. DOJ joining that list of weaponized uh, for political reasons, federal agencies. That, my friends, is a very uh, big concern. That is a huge red flag. And we should be 
uh, incredibly troubled if, if that is in fact the case here. And I, I certainly see plenty of reason to believe uh, that it is, um, that this DOJ, or at least plenty of preliminary evidence to believe that it is. But notice how this, this, this doesn't say it didn't happen. It says, this statement from the Obamas, it says Obama did not order any surveillance on any U.S. citizen. What about an organization? What about the, what about the Trump, uh, Trump's company? What about, you know, an entity? Uh, is that, you know, is, is that covered under this denial? Obama never ordered uh, surveillance on any U.S. citizen. Okay. Well, did, did uh, oh, that's right. Speaking of weaponized bureaucracy, we know that Eric Holder, when he was the AG, went after uh, reporters and got the phone records of the Associated Press, James Rosen of Fox News, his phone his parents' phone records. I mean, that was disgusting what they did. And, and Eric Holder did that. Did it, for, did it under a, while Obama was in office. So this denial leaves a lot of very interesting holes. Uh, just it's, this is not... This is not as interesting of a or as clear of a denial as some of the you know the the lefties want to believe that it is. It's just not. It just simply is not. And you know that's. Uh, I can just see the politics of this all playing out. So we're you know I'm going to keep a close eye on this team. I'm going to have more feet tonight. Six to nine. Buck Saxon with America. Now we're going to get really deep into this topic because it's it's essential. It really is. And um, the denials that they're putting forward on this one are unconvincing to me so far. And I just, there's some, there is something, there is something going on, okay? There's something wrong here. I don't know what it is, but uh, look, even for Trump, even for Trump, uh, to say that there was a wiretap without, you know, if the wiretap didn't exist or doesn't exist, that's a pretty reckless thing to do, and I don't believe that he would just go solely on the news reports. But maybe, I mean, maybe you know, maybe he's maybe he's made a mistake here. I don't know. We'll find out more. But you got Pelosi, obviously, out there, of course, Nancy Pelosi, saying that this deflection is an authoritarian tactic. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is. Uh, I, I got to play this for you, and and we'll talk more about this. He's talking about. Well, the president, you know, is the deflector in chief. Anything to change the subject for where the, from where the heat is. And uh, as one who has been engaged in intelligence, a member of the gang of eight for a long time, I can tell you that it's just ridiculous for the president, President Trump, to say that President Obama would ever order uh, any wiretap of an American citizen. Can I just say, uh, President Obama ordered an American citizen to be executed by drone attack without trial in secret and then wouldn't even come clean with the American people about it for a long time. Just a side note. So there's that. Any president. That's just the not, we don't do that. And so this is, uh, it's called a wrap-up smear. You make up something and then you have the press write about it and then you say everybody's writing about this charge. It's a tool of an authoritarian to just have you always be talking about what you want them to be talking about. Rather than Russia, we're talking about did President Obama do thus and so. He certainly did not. And then to take it to the Congress and say, now you investigate this when he's been in, not in favor of Congress investigating anything, including what, does the, what do the Russians have on Donald Trump politically, financially, 
uh, or uh, personally. Uh, that, that's the truth that we want to know. And that's the statement from uh, Sean Spicer, the White House press secretary this morning. The President Trump's requesting as part of their investigation into Russian activity that the Congressional Intelligence Committee exercise their oversight authority to determine whether executive branch investigative powers were abused in 2016. Regardless of whether or not President Obama ordered such a wiretap, do you know if there was any such wiretap by the FBI or the Department of Justice? Well, we wouldn't know that, but in fact, the very idea uh, that... Uh Notice that. We wouldn't know that. We wouldn't know that, she says. I mean, that's not the tone you get from a lot of the people in media talking about this. And you've got Clapper saying, oh, no, it didn't happen. Well, Pelosi, who has, who's a House Democratic leader, she's saying that we don't know. Pelosi's the, she's just, she's just the worst, by the way. She really is. All right, there's more. Um, uh, President Trump is saying he wants his Justice Department to look into that. You don't look into something like that. In other words, if a... President Obama flat out has said we have nothing to do with this. What the Justice Department is doing is another subject. I have no knowledge of any. Look at that. Look at that. Again, there's the deflection. Not Obama, not Obama's White House, maybe the Justice Department. Okay. They leave that open. Remember the denial before from the Obama spokesman? Obama, nothing to do with that. White House, nothing to do with it. Maybe the Department of Justice. Are they still, I think they're still clinging to this fiction that DOJ under Holder and Loretta Lynch, Loretta Lynch, who sat on the tarmac, I mean, not actually sat on the tarmac, but you know what I mean, was on the tarmac with Bill Clinton. Hey, what's up, Loretta? Let's talk about, you know, like my grandkids and maybe, you know, please don't prosecute my wife for federal crimes she committed while she wants to be president. Uh, Loretta Lynch, Bill Clinton, have a meeting. She doesn't recuse herself, by the way, of course, as we know, because Democrats just play to win. They don't play based on principles or rules. Side note, important side note, though. And, you know, here we are, we're being told, well, the Department of Justice, as if the Department of Justice getting involved in this would mean that it's not political, as if the Department of Justice taking it upon itself to wiretap Trump Tower would mean that everything's okay here. Clearly, clearly that is not the case. But that is the fiction that they are clinging to. And it is a very troubling one. It is a very troubling fiction indeed. So, uh, I mean, maybe maybe nothing happened. Maybe DOJ didn't do anything. But don't don't look me, you know, don't look me in the eye. Don't look me in, in the face and say, oh, well, DOJ may have done something, but that's fine. Because you mean the DOJ where people take orders from Loretta Lynch, that DOJ? You, you think that I, are we supposed to have confidence that that's not politicized somehow? We're supposed to take that seriously? I mean, you must be joking, right? I mean, no serious person's making that argument. Now, Loretta Lynch somehow is above reproach and is nonpartisan, right? We all know that's a joke. We all saw what happened with Hillary in the email server. So, you know, Pelosi's little interview here, I thought, was very illuminating uh, in a number of ways. And I've just taken you through a lot of the different parts of this. I mean, it's very complicated. But as you see, there's this is not a nothing. Uh, this is at least worthy of finding out the answer. And, if you know, if they, they created this whole, we must find out the truth of Trump-Russia ties. Yeah, okay. Well, if part of that was a FISA tap on Trump Tower and a Trump official or Donald Trump himself, we need to know that too. And if that happened and they didn't get anything from it, we should absolutely hold the Democrats politically accountable for what has gone on here. And possibly, depending on what, what, what was going on, 
this, this would be, uh, I would think, a violation of any number of ethics clauses in, in the DOJ. It depends on what we find out. But if there are charges to be brought here, I would like to see them brought because this is terrifying. If the government did, in fact, use its spying powers against a political party of the opposition during the election in any capacity, and they did it without finding anything to justify that spying, that is the most outrageous thing that will have happened politically in this country. Forget what blows Watergate out of the water. Not even close. Not even close. Okay, Watergate was about the cover-up. This would be harnessing the most sacred and important national security programs in existence for partisan grudge. Uh, this is next-level stuff, my friends. Uh, this is really uh, something that we need to be keeping a very close eye on and watching. So, like I said, I'll be spending more time on this tonight uh, for sure on Buck Sexton with America Now. So uh, make sure that you join me at 6, to, uh, six Eastern, 6 to 9, uh, go on uh, the iHeartRadio app to listen in there. Also, go on iTunes, please, Team Buck. Down, join me in my next my next show, man. Join me. I need you with me. I need you shields high, side by side with me on this. Go into iTunes, type in Buck Sexton with America Now. Subscribe to that show. Listen to that show. Listen live when you can. Call them when you can. But uh, all right, we've got to switch topics here. I want to get to some other stuff today. I'll be back in just a few. Stay with me. Buck Sexton, the Blaze Radio Network. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess, it's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Buck Sexton. All right, team, welcome back to the Freedom Hut. Uh, there's this piece, and I, I'm not. I'm going to talk about it more tonight in more detail because uh, I'll have more time on the uh, three-hour night show. This piece, the New York Times, leashes come off Wall Street, gun sellers, miners, and more. And it's about the, as Trump promised, he's pulling back regulations from the federal bureaucracy. And this piece is looking at what that means in, in effect. And it is just amazing first of all the headline i mean you got to start with the headline leashes come off wall street gun sellers miners and more uh leashes come off huh that's that's not that's not a partisan viewpoint on this right that they're unleashed Uh, these are in some cases regulations that didn't exist until a few years ago we're gonna we're supposed to believe now that without these regulations we're all you know it's mad max it's anarchy it's the end of the world i mean this is crazy 
The piece in the New York Times goes into, you know, Wall Street back, banks like Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan will not be punished, at least for now, for not collecting extra money from customers to cover potential losses from certain kind of high-risk trades that helped unleash the 2008 financial crisis. No one even knows what this law is, but they act like this is some really important law. Uh, Social Security Administration data will no longer be used to try to block individuals with disabling mental health issues from buying handguns, nor will hunters be banned from using lead-based bullets, which can accidentally poison live li wildlife on 150 million acres of federal land. Um, okay, the uh, Social Security Administration taking information on somebody that's disabled because they have bulimia or obsessive-compulsive disorder, and then that possibly eliminating your Second Amendment rights, that's wrong. Okay, because you're OCD or because you have bulimia or yes, because you have PTSD does not mean that now you're unfit to be able to defend yourself or enjoy your Second Amendment rights in whatever way you see fit within the confines of the law. What you see here is the ultimate, and I'll talk more about this tonight, the ultimate conflict in our society right now. It really boils down to those who believe the government should just be telling you what to do all the time between central planning, between the authority of a state that is unbounded by law or constitution. It's just whatever authority it can grab, it should. And those who believe in individual choice, liberty, and accountability. That is the central fight right now in this country. That is a central fight uh, in this, with, with so much of what we see going on. And regulation is very much at the heart of this in a lot of ways. So I, I just, you know, or really it, it, highlights this, I should say, not the heart of this, but it highlights this. It highlights that conflict in a very profound way. So uh, anyway, I want to talk to you more about a lot of stuff uh, coming up here. We're going to close out the show strong. 888-900-3393 team. Uh, stay with me. I'll be right back after this break. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton, the Blaze Radio Network. All right, team, welcome, uh, welcome back to Freedom Hunt. I, I know I said we we're going to do other subjects. I just wanted to note that uh, James Comey has weighed in on the whole uh, Trump Tower FISA wiretapping allegation. Remember, this is Donald Trump himself saying it, so it's not like uh, we're pulling this out of nowhere. Um, but Trump has said that this is going on. And now you've got FBI Director Comey. I should have noted this uh, earlier in the sh earlier in the show too, uh, saying that this should be rejected. He's asked the Justice Department to quote publicly reject President Trump's unsubstantiated claim that former President Barack Obama ordered his phones to be tapped. The department has not issued a public rebuttal, which would be a major rebuke of a sitting president. Um, okay, so now this is going to get very interesting because you remember that the Department of Justice. There was this big dust up where Trump or, or I think it was Reince Priebus recently asked them, hey, can you guys clear up some of these some of this lie about how we tried to get you to squash a story or, you know, we tried to get you to tell that a, a news report was not true. Now you've got a report that the FBI is being asked uh, to um, or James Comey is asking the DOJ rather FBI directors asking the DOJ to issue a public rebuttal 
Uh, so wait, I thought they weren't in the public rebuttal business. You know, which is it going to be? I just would like some some consistent rules here, somewhere along the line for all of this. I think that would be a big help for all involved. Uh, so, okay, where else are we here? Okay, so I just want to know that. Do you got James Comey? He has weighed in on this, so I I don't want you to think that for whatever reason. I am uh, leaving that one out. I just got a lot to get through today on all that stuff. This story really annoys me um, because it is so obviously and clearly untrue. Uh, or it's, it's, it's not that it's untrue. I'm sorry. That, that's not a correct way of putting it. They're making a false, a, they're making a very big false equivalency here. Um, first off, you've got Mike Pence, who's the vice president, is upset with the Associated Press because in their they, they published information about the hack of his email account. Oh my gosh, it must be the Russians. Oh my gosh, oh, the Russians hacked Mike Pence's email account. And they put his wife's active private email account out there for everybody to see. I mean, that's look, that's not, it's not illegal, but that's not cool. Now she's getting, of course, all kinds of crazy emails from lunatics out there who are, you know, trying to, write horrible things to the vice president's wife. And, you know, I just, I just think that, you know, the, the press wouldn't, this would never have happened to Biden's wife. It's all I can tell you. They would have been very careful to excise her email address from this and make sure that she wasn't exposed in this way. And Pence is annoyed and rightfully so. There is no, the media has just no modicum, not even a, the sliver of respect for this administration whatsoever. They just absolutely, uh, positively cannot bring themselves to treat this administration with any respect on any issue. I mean, there's just no sense of fair play. There's no sense of this is our president too and maybe we should you know, be cool about this stuff. It's just, you know, be cooler about this stuff. It's just nonsense. So you have Vice, Pres- Vice President Mike Pence. Okay, that's one part of this issue. Now you've got, the New York Times also, that was the Associated Press and Pence is annoyed at them. Now you've got the New York Times writing that Mike Pence used private email server as governor. Okay, Vice President Mike Pence used a private email account, this is the New York Times, to conduct public business when he was governor of Indiana, a practice that was legal but raised questions about the security of the communications, some of which address sensitive topics. This is so completely misleading. All right, and first of all, Pence... the New York Times in its official account tweeted that Pence's use of private email to conduct public business echoed Clinton's use of a private email on server. That's a lie. I mean, you could say that's a judgment call, but the New York Times is not that stupid. I mean, they they have smart people with very bad agendas who are very dishonest working there, but they're not stupid. That is complete nonsense. All right, a sitting Secretary of State is, uh, is... privileged to see or is able to see as a result of her position the most secret she sees the pdb she sees the most secret stuff she knows the names of sources for for diplomats around the world she knows that she sees intelligence community product she knows about covert action that's going on i mean the, the, the secretary of state has a tremendous amount of access to sensitive material tremendous and was using a private email server and she was doing it specifically to evade records requests so she could control what was, you know, what was kept and what was on. Pence is just using a personal account. So you know what? 
Yahoo or Google or AOL or whomever, they have that account. It's on their servers. They, he can't clear that out. So if a FOIA request comes out for everything that Pence had in his account or whatever, they just can, they can FOIA the whole email account. And it all comes with him. I mean, it all comes out. It's completely, it's different on every level. It is similar in that they both used email and they both had private email accounts. That's it. Beyond that, the similarity completely ceases to exist. And so therefore, how is this even a news story? Once you eradicate that similarity, I need someone to explain to me why is it? Uh, why is it that this is even something that we're talking about? They're just so desperate. And, and it's more than desperation. They're so full of rage and they want vengeance against Pence and Trump because Hillary was supposed to take the progressives into the promised land. You know, she really was. Hillary was supposed to be the difference maker for the uh, Democrat Party. You're supposed to take Obama's, you know, she's supposed to take Obama's legacy of eight years and continue it on and do all this great stuff. And they just hate Pence's guts. They just do. Because uh, this is shoddy reporting. I mean, this is low-level crap. It's garbage. It's absolute garbage. And there's no way. I mean, no New York Times reporter would go on TV with me to debate this proposition. No New York Times reporter would be willing to face, uh, face me on this and, and, and defend the proposition that somehow, you know, this was all... Anyway, there's just no way. There's just no way. Um, but here they are. Here they are making this claim. And it is just a complete and total, it's a complete and total outrage. It really is. It is insane to me um, that this is, this is where they're, they're willing to go. They're willing to take it to this level where Pence is somehow on the same plane as Hillary Clinton, who, by the way, lied about her account. And lie and had classified on there. How is this even similar? This is like saying a bank robber and somebody who goes in to use an ATM are the same. And it's just nonsense. It's just a lie. Anyway, team, we got more coming up. I'll be right back. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. All right, team, welcome uh, back to the Freedom Hut. Great to have you, as always. And uh, wanted to close out today's show with, uh, first of all, of course, please do join 6 to 9 Eastern on Buck Sexton with America now. Okay, th there's another, of course, uh, a couple of incidents that I want to pull together from the progressive left. And one of them is the incident at Middlebury College, which is just like a less good version of Amherst College. Uh, so there's that. But Middlebury is, uh, is one of these well-regarded liberal arts colleges. Uh, it's up in Vermont. And a uh, Charles Murray, who, whom I've had on radio before, who's a very polite and genteel man uh, and, and very smart. And he was up at Middlebury to speak about the, well, class structure in the U.S. and what's been happening, his book coming apart. 
And that's enough, I suppose, of an incitement for some of the loony left to not just protest. Look, protesting is fine, but there's also way too much deference given to protesters. I mean, sure, you can walk around with a sign that says, you know, blank the president or with profanity on it. And you you can do that. And, And that's legal. And certainly no one should make it illegal. And the government shouldn't try to stop you from doing that. But it's also legal for me to say those people are idiots and they are childish and their arguments are um, horrifically stupid and they should be ashamed of themselves. And this is where I get very annoyed with these colleges and universities because they always fall back on this, well, First Amendment means that we can't say anything about these protests. But that's not really true because they will weigh in and they will... Dis- I mean, when I mean they, I mean the administration. I mean deans and you know, university and college uh, presidents, the people that run these places, they will, in fact, uh, share their opinions. They will condemn certain things. They'll, they'll do that. But they, when they want to just have no part in it, they'll say, well, it's the First Amendment. You know, uh, This reminds me of at my own college when there was a flag burning a couple of weeks after 9-11. The Boston Globe wrote about it. The flag burning, and I'm not even sure if the Globe included this part, but I was there, so I know. The flag burning happened and an event that was meant to be a, a gathering of community and a thank a thanks from those who had lost family members in the towers on 9-11 or in the Pentagon or in one of the planes. One of the girls who lost her sister spoke, and she spoke, and, and this was supposed to just be thank you to the community for your support. This wasn't rah-rah, let's go drop bombs on Muslim people in response to 9-11, we're warmongers, we're, you know, it was nothing like that. At all. And by the way, that would have been, all, you know, that, that's a whole other subject and a whole other rally that we could discuss. Um, but the point here is that it was just supposed to be a moment of, of healing in a community that is allegedly obsessed with healing and safe spaces. And But they weren't willing at my own college to create a safe space for those who had just lost their family members in 9-11. And a bunch of complete morons from Hampshire College which is not a reputable place. Uh, And I mean that not in the sense that it's not fancy. I mean, it's not a serious institution based on everything that I saw and learned of it. And people pay $50,000 a year to have what is really daycare for adults uh, with a lot of marijuana smoking going on. And people would say that's wrong of me to save Hampshire. I'm sure they'll trot out some uh, soon-to-be Nobel laureate kid from the third world who got a scholarship to Hampshire, but that's just the window dressing for what the real day-to-day is there, which is a school with no grades. And I don't mean to beat up on it other than to say that when you have a school where there's no accountability, no grades, and no seriousness, uh, you will also have students who think that it's a good idea, a fair idea, a right idea to show up and burn American flags at a gathering of students where where people have lost loved ones. I mean, this, this this was only a few steps away, really, from showing up as the Westboro Baptists do at a funeral and talking about dead troops. And yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, my instinctually, my feeling is I would like to, uh, to, to visit uh, physical violence upon people that will protest servicemen at a, at their, at a funeral. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the first amendment is what it is. And it means that Although there are some who make an interesting case for intentional infliction of, emo- of emotional distress, which is, but I, I don't, it's sort of like fighting words doctrine. I think that you, you go down a slippery slope and the left loves to use the exceptions here 
with things like uh, hate speech is not free speech. This is what you're hearing from them now. So the moment you start to truncate speech, they take it even further. You say, well, we just do this in extremis. And they say, well, I think extremis is whatever I don't like. Anyway, uh, this the Charles Murray speech. Uh, he was uh, surrounded by people who were uh, yelling and screaming and throwing things. And the speech was the speech had to be stopped. And in, and a professor who was trying to escort him back to his car was uh, injured. A female professor was injured in this whole process. And I, I just have to say, you know, for those who like to take this pretense of, oh, it's just the fringe that does this with progressives. No, this is becoming this is becoming normalized within uh, progressive political circles uh, that violence in the face of so grave a threat as Trump is allowable. And even those who don't necessarily engage in it themselves are oftentimes very willing to explain away this conduct or to try and minimize it or, or just find some means of saying, well, it's not that bad. And it all just comes down to they just hate Trump so much. They just hate Trump so much. And uh, this, for me, is indicative of, of very, we're, we're facing some very big problems down the line because it's early in this presidency for this kind of lunacy. And I haven't even gotten to what happened at the pro-Trump rally in Berkeley so we'll, we'll hit that tonight on Buck Sexton with America Now. So join me for that, a little teaser for tonight. And we will also uh, be talking about all the latest on everything else. Um, but uh, I'll talk about the Berkeley protests tonight, or the Trump protests. There was real violence there. Pepper spray, people assault with a deadly weapon. Arrests happened. It was completely out of control. Uh, team, I thank you for joining me today. Always great to have you here with me in the Freedom Hunt. And uh, until tonight or tomorrow, she'll tie it. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.